You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 59 with Alexandra Kirkendall. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, this week we have author Alexandra Kirkendall of Loving My Actual Christmas on the show. If you find that the holidays are making you stressed out, make sure to listen to this one and share it with your friends and family. We chat about expectations from spending money for Christmas, not just for the gifts, but for food, entertaining, etc. Also, what are your expectations for spending time with family, hosting people at your house, and what events do you want to commit to? I know that sometimes as a mom, we can sometimes lose the wonder of Christmas because of all the things that are going on behind the scenes. So if you're feeling a little bit frazzled, just know that you will feel right at home with this episode. And I hope that this show leaves you inspired to have a Christmas you love this year. Let's go to the show. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. So I love to start off every show with an icebreaker. I love to travel and I really want to inspire other moms to travel as well. So I love asking people where their favorite destinations are for vacations and why they like it so much. And this can be with or without kids. Well, it's a tough question. So because we have a big family, I have four kids, we don't go on the kinds of vacations I would like to go on with uh, my whole family, just because logistics and cost. Oh, of course. So uh, what I've started to do is take my girls just one or two at a time on a trip if it requires getting on an airplane. Mm. Um, So with my oldest daughter, I decided uh, to take her to New York City when she was in fifth grade. And so, you know, you do it with one and then you promise the next one she'll get her turn. (laughs) So it is now a tradition. I've done it with two of my four girls uh, to take them to New York City uh, on a fifth grade girls trip. Just mom. Oh, that's sweet. And I love New York. I uh, grew up going to New York quite a bit because I would go to Europe often from Seattle. And back then you kind of had to fly to New York. (laughs) And so my mom had friends there and we would always, you know, stay for a week before we would head over to Europe. So, uh, I just had great memories of being a kid in New York city. And as my girls are getting older, I'm realizing, you know, we only have a few more summers left, a few more spring breaks. I want to make the trips happen. I want to be intentional about the places that take them. So just a couple of weeks ago, I took my two older girls to DC Mm. for five days on, again, kind of a mother daughter trip, but like, I'm not going to let you go on the school trip because it's too expensive. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to do our own version and we have friends that we stayed with there. So once you get there, DC is pretty cheap. So it's just getting there, especially because uh, you're, you're flying from Colorado. So that probably makes a big difference too. Yeah. That's really neat though. I like the idea of going um, with just one child or two for you, like two kids is half your kids. So for two kids, for me is all my kids. <laughs> so, um, I do think that's neat. And you know, it's funny that you even talk about being intentional and all that. Um, we just created, uh, what's called a vacation planning tool and it's all about what you're just saying. So it's all about being intentional. Last year, I realized my oldest went into kindergarten and I realized we only had 12 summers left. And I was like, oh my gosh, like 
that's really crazy. And so, um, so what the tool does is it really allows you to kind of put in all the dates of the kids' birthdays, your husband's, yours, your anniversary, and it just kind of has all these formulas to show you like, okay, this is where the big birthdays are. And then kind of like, if you're thinking about a big epic vacation, kind of like what you were saying that it gets expensive, but if you kind of think about it ahead of time and think, okay, we think it's going to be this much, it will shoot out a formula of this is how much you need to put away monthly if you mm-hmm. want to go in so many years. And cause I just think what you're saying, people just think, oh, we'll go in two years or whatever. And then just the time just keeps on going. And this is the whole point too of talking about Christmas, right? Everything just gets crazy. Well, life in in itself just gets crazy with kids and you just think you have all this time. So I really like that um, you're making a point of doing that with your girls. So how old is your oldest? She's 15. Yeah, so so you don't have that many summers left. So I can see what you're saying. We really don't. And so we went to DC over fall break because again, I realized we only have four fall breaks left. She's a freshman in high school. Yeah. And if we're going to do DC, I think fall is a great time, which by the way, it was amazing. October was the perfect time to go. So I recommend it to any moms who want to take their kids out of school. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all about taking kids out of school. So yeah. So even Uh, in high school, so you feel, you feel like it doesn't really um, affect your kids taking them out um, in the older ages. It is harder. It is. I would say it is harder. And we ended up, um, because of her schedule, she was going to miss a day and then it ended up, she, her school was off that day and we didn't realize it. So she didn't miss any school. Oh, okay, um, cool. And my kids are just so weird about my older girls. They don't want to miss school because they're afraid they're going to get behind. Yeah. Like it stresses husband, them out. Yeah. We're yeah. always like, Oh, let's go to the mountains a day early. You guys yeah. can miss school. It's a big deal. It's just school. And yeah. they don't same way. <laughs> That's a good thing to know for ahead of time, you know, cause like I said, my daughter's now in first grade. So it, you know, even if you're thinking like, Oh, we'll be okay. But like, what are their personalities and what are they going to feel like if it's going to stress them out too much, then it's, it's not as fun if they're stressing out. <laughs> right. And so a few times I had to tell my older daughter, okay, this is fun. Like get over the fact that you're going to have a lot of homework <laughs> when you fun. get back. You're like, this uh, is fun. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It, the older they get, the more you kind of have to put your foot down and say, yeah, okay, this is yeah. fun. Um, and you'll realize it someday. Yeah, someday. How old is your youngest? She's in kindergarten. She's okay. Six. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So if you if you could go anywhere with your kids, like, you know, all of them, where where would you go? Like when, were you, when you were saying, oh, I don't go on the vacations that I would really like to go on to, what, what stands out to you as one that you would love to? Well, I would like to take them to Barcelona because oh. that's where my family's from. Yeah. And that's where I went back and forth to and from the States when I was a child. And I haven't gone back since I've had kids. Mm. So I would love to take them. Yeah. That's, that would be a fun trip. Maybe you can figure out something for her graduation for high school. So you have, you have what, four years? <laughs> yeah. The only problem is then that college price tag is... I know, I know. There. Gosh, all those things that get in the way. Um, I... <laughs> well, let's jump into the interview. So how about you um, tell us who you are, what your name is, and where you're from. You just shared with us that you have four girls. And also, um, how, do you, how you got to where you are today? Well, my name is Alexandra Kirkendall, and you would never know that that's how you pronounce it based on how it's spelled. Uh, so I do have four girls and I live in Denver with my husband, Derek, and our four girls. Um, 
we just had a big transition year. So my youngest went to kindergarten, my oldest went to high school, and my second went to middle school. So my third daughter was the only one who was staying in the same school this fall. Wow. So we're still kind of figuring yeah, <laughs> our patterns and driving and all of that. Right. Um, and where I, gosh, I mean, where do I start? How did I get where I am today? Um, I will say from a writing perspective, I worked at Mops International for a number of years. Mops is based here in Denver. And I got a lot of writing experience there and opportunities. And so I wrote my first book, The Artist's Daughter, which did cover some of my childhood and going back and forth to Barcelona um, when I was on staff with Mops. And that just kind of opened the door for book writing for me. And um, now my third book is out and it is Loving My Actual Christmas. So that's the very short version yeah, yeah. of how I'm <laughs> today. Yeah. And I'm in Mops. I, I love it. And so um, I didn't realize it um, came out of Denver. So that's pretty cool. Um, I always look forward to the Mop meetings and always hate it if I have to miss it. So um, I know there's a lot of mops goers out there or the people that don't know what it is. And they're always like, why are you talking about a mop? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, anyway, and for the people that don't know mops is mother of preschoolers. So, um, we are not talking about an actual mop, but, um, so the reason why I thought it'd be so great to have you on the show is because we're approaching Christmas and as much as we want it to be this magical wonderland experience, many times it just can be so stressful. So I would love to, you know, pick your brain and uh, ask you what made you decide to write loving my actual Christmas. Well, because I worked for Mops, I still have a lot of contact with moms of young kids. So mom's kind of in that preschool, uh, elementary age. And when we're in that phase of parenting, we are establishing a lot of patterns and traditions over the holidays. So that was one reason is that I kind of had contact with this group and they were asking me as I'm kind of becoming a more mature mom, I've been mothering a little longer now, um, how did you decide what to do? And really that started digging into some deeper questions of how do you decide what to do as a family when your parents don't want you to come to their house and they live three states away? How do you decide what to include? How do you decide how to incorporate the Christmas story with your kids. And do you do Santa? Do you not do Santa? So all those questions were there. But then I also had my own personal experience of Christmas being stressful, where maybe four or five years ago, I had my youngest daughter was a toddler. So I had four kids. I was working part-time at Mops at the office. I had family visiting for Christmas. And by the end of the season, I was exhausted and really a little bit angry that the holiday had sucked so much out of me. And when I was able to kind of objectively look back, I realized a lot of that was self-induced stress that I had created this monster of expectations. And so that made me look at where do my expectations come from? And am I the only one who is experiencing this kind of stress over the holidays? And That led me back to talking to moms and realizing that as far as contentment goes, this is a hard time of year for women and moms, especially to feel really present, to feel relaxed, to enjoy the season. And so I wanted to 
to dig into that with my readers and ask, is there a better way to do this? Is there a better way to manage Christmas from kind of an execution standpoint as far as carrying out the duties of Christmas? But then is there a more meaningful way to step into this season? Yeah, I think that's great. And that leads me into the next question about um, the part in your book where you can give us a little bit of um, some practical tips about mm-hmm. um, making your actual Christmas work. So um, let's just start off with our schedules. And what do you mm-hmm. feel like our schedules should like look like when we just get into this crazy nonstop season? Like, like you said, you were getting stressed before, but it was self-induced. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you figure out all the schedules, but you know, deciding which ones you should be keeping, which ones you should be letting go? Well, what have you learned from this? Well, I, I think it does depend a little bit on the stage of parenting you're in. So if you're like me and you're driving kids to all kinds of activities, then you need to look at blocks of time and what can we add to our schedule and what can our schedule um, really hold on top of the already busy of sports practice. And we're now into basketball season at our house, which means Uh, My daughter, who's in high school, is doing basketball every day. My daughter, who's in middle school, is doing it three days a week. So on top of just the normal busyness of life, what can we handle? Uh, But if your kids are younger, part of what you need to consider as far as schedule is what can they handle as far as schedule changing? Because when your kids are still napping and they need to go to bed regularly, often the holiday activities can throw everything off, especially if you're traveling or you have people staying with you in your house. And so really looking ahead of time and saying, how am I going to set up my child for success as far as schedule goes, as, as far as meeting their basic needs, sleep, food patterns, eating patterns, just their regular routine. How can I keep it as normal as possible given the circumstances, the changing around. Um, So that's what I would say to moms of younger kids is how can you just keep a sense of normalcy so that when those added things come up and those extra, maybe a late night out at a party comes up, your kid is operating out of um, kind of his or her standard normal um, so that you're not adding a whole bunch of extras. And then for moms who really are looking at their family calendar, and it's so crazy already, I would say choose three main things you want to do over the holidays that are extra for your family. And that might average out to about one activity per week that you're adding that's Christmas related. Um, Now, if your family can hold more, great. But pick three things that are really important to you. What are your three main things? And if you're married, talk to your husband. If your kids are older, talk to them because sometimes you can be surprised about what their answers are. Um, And then ask yourself, what do I want to remember a year from now, 10 years from now? And what do I want my kids to remember a year from now and 10 years from now? And that will help you really uh, prioritize what's important to you as a family. And then put those big things in first. If other things come up and you can fit them around those big things, great. But if you can't, you've put the things that are a priority on your schedule ahead of time so that you won't be wasting time or doing things that you really aren't that interested in doing in the first place. 
I love that. And especially thinking about what will you be happy that you did a year from now and five and 10 years from Mm -hmm. now. So I think that changes a lot of things when you think about it through that lens. Also, just, you know how they talk about the, um, this in life with the priorities, put in the big rocks and then Mm -hmm. put in the sand and all that, um, to just fill around it. And so I think those are great. Um, the next one is finances. Um, you know, I feel like it's so easy for people to go over the top and I don't know if it's that they just want it to feel magical or if they feel like they didn't get that much when they were younger, or maybe they did get that much and they're trying to to duplicate it. I don't know. Um, but then, you know, that's stressful. And then you have then all the stuff coming into your house and then some people (laughs) could end up being into debt and then Mm -hmm. Christmas is long gone and you're January, February feeling Mm -hmm stressed out in blue because all that's over with and now you just have debt. Um, so what is your thoughts on all of that? Oh, gosh. Well, so this really can add to the stress of Christmas. Um, so you touched on people have expectations, expectations of what buying should look like. And sometimes if you're married, the expectations can be different from your spouse. And often that does come from our childhood, either the standard was set that you got a certain number of gifts, a certain amount of money was spent, or it wasn't, and you want to give your kids something that you didn't have. So I would say face those expectations and be honest with yourself. And if you share money with your spouse, with your spouse, and say, This is what I think Christmas should be. And then the next question is, Is that realistic for us given our financial situation? And so this can be a hard conversation that you either have in your own head or you have with somebody else. But you are going to be so much happier in January and February if you are not paying off Christmas, but you have spent only what you could afford in December on gifts. So my biggest (laughs) recommendation, which is so basic, but so few of us actually do, is to set a budget Mm -hmm. for Christmas. Yeah. To say, what can we afford now? What will we be happy with when the credit card bill comes in January? How can we um, pay cash for as much as possible? And really, what's our bottom line? And then from there, itemize everything you'd like to spend money on and assign amounts to each line item. And if you can't afford something, you cross it off. And it's painful because, again, it gets back to our expectations. But I always buy, you know, a live Christmas tree from the Christmas tree lot, or I always uh, buy baskets for our neighbors. And this year, if you need to figure out a different way to do it, you just need to figure it out. And then you're, you're changing the expectations in your family as well. Because if your kids are watching you spend a certain amount this year, they're going to expect that for next year and the following year and the following year. And it's always easy to go bigger it's harder to pull back. So pull back now, take the pain year now, if, if it's pulling back from years past, so that you're setting a new standard for your family. Because so much about my book is recalibrating our expectations for the holidays. And money and spending can be a big area for people. Oh, for sure. And you know what? I don't know. This always surprises me every year, which is odd. We do budget. But for some reason, I think we... I don't really know. It's it, it, this is what I'm saying is, and you'll know what I'm saying in a minute is when they have the break, right? When the kids have the break, you find that you're so even minus the gifts, you find that you're doing more stuff because they're home. So you may be going to the movies or you're going somewhere mm-hmm. and then you're eating 
more food or different food. And then that's like knocking it up. And that's not even the gifts in itself. And that's the part that messes us up that I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like I wasn't accounting for the 10 days that they're off. And they're like, well, can we go do something fun? And yeah, you know, want to have all these family memories. And um, I, and I do like trying to do more experiences versus just consuming just only because I just get tired of, gosh, going through the house going, okay, we need to take this to goodwill, you know, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and offload. Um, so even those things that are indirect, not even just the gifts in itself to really be conscious of like, okay, what is realistic that you guys tend to, sh- um, spend for that time off. And I I'd love to ask, what is your thoughts on, um, consuming versus just having more experiences? What, what camp do you mm-hmm. kind of fall into? Well, I do love experiences because I, I battle with stuff in my house and I'm not a great declutterer. So something comes in my house, it is here for years. And (laughs) that is not a good situation because then we just end up with mountains of things. Right. At the same time, I understand the joy of watching people Mm -hmm. open gifts and be excited for them. So, uh, a guide that I've used the last few years with my kids, as far as gift giving is something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. Mm, uh, I like that. But I have heard some people say, do a twist on that, oh. that, that their kids don't actually need anything. I mean, right. if we're honest, our yeah. kids' basic needs are met. So instead, they replace that with an experience. Oh, um, so I like that. It can be the kind of that one-on-one um, with mom or dad if you want to, again, be intentional about creating that one-on-one experience time or experience with a kid, or it could be a family activity that you do, but something that, um, that is that experience. And here in Colorado, for a lot of kids that involves skiing. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Skiing is so expensive here and yet everybody wants to do it. Hey, you guys. So speaking of skiing, you know, that is very expensive, like Alex and I are talking about. And this is why the vacation planning tool that we have created comes in handy. So if you're thinking about giving experiences this year versus a lot of gifts or gadgets, but you don't know how to go about budgeting for that, the vacation planning tool is perfect for you. Because we all know there's things that we want to do, but we don't know how to set the money aside and figure out how to make it a reality. You know, I think a lot of times we can dream about these amazing things that we want to do, experiences with our family, and it can just be overwhelming with just the thought of the cost alone. So if you're interested in more about the vacation planning tool, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation planning tool. And let's get back to Alex and I talking about skiing. You're in a a destination for that. It's so ideal. But yeah, skiing is so expensive. And yeah, that's something that I feel like you have to really save up for and be very intentional if you want to do that. So, but that is cool. I like, I like swapping out the need for experiences. Um, So this moves on to our next topic, which this is a little bit tricky because for certain families, not everyone, but it's, you know, it's the relationships. Like, so how would you say you can maneuver a little bit easier around Christmas, especially with the extended family. Like, I feel like it's so easy for everyone to have different expectations. And this alone can cause so many issues. And also, I just feel like miscommunication can really mm-hmm. just screw everything up, you know, and, and it, you got, you could be all on the same page and then somebody just misunderstands something or, or doesn't communicate it properly. And then everybody's kind of mad. So what's your thoughts on right. this? 
Well, it does tend to enhance communication patterns within a family. Like if you have a hard time talking to your sister-in-law about expectations just all year long, it's really heightened over the holidays because everybody is coming into the season with expectations of how it's going to happen. And you may be thinking like I did before I did this experiment, well, I don't really have that many expectations. But when you start to feel some disappointment or some frustration, that's a key. (laughs) That's a clue that yes, you (laughs) were going into the season with some expectations that maybe you didn't even know you had. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. They weren't being met. So I would say, again, having that honest conversation with yourself and with your spouse, if you're married, to say, this is how I would like the holidays to go down. Now, again, the younger your kids are, the newer you are in establishing patterns for your nuclear family separate from your extended family. Because often if you are married and you don't have kids, you still go, quote unquote, home for Christmas, you still go visit your parents or your in-laws um, instead of being in the house that you're in all year long. But for some of us, when kids come into the picture, we want to start developing traditions that are based in our own home, that our kids have memories of waking up in their own house on Christmas morning. And so making that shift is, can be tricky and it, and it can be sticky and it can bring up all kinds of feelings for other people. If you are starting to set some boundaries around this year, we're not going to drive, um, to grandma's house three times in one month. Let's pick one time and you tell us which time is most important and we will be there. So it's kind of meeting people halfway. I do want to warn moms, if you're in this discussion, we have a tendency to maybe want to dig our heels in because we are the Christmas makers for our families, right? So we're, we orchestrate everything. We do all the buying, the shopping, the cooking, the decorating, and we start to feel like we have this ownership over the holiday for our family. And so we get to call the shots and we need to remember that our extended family still wants to be with us and still wants to be with our kids and our husband. And we need to extend some grace there. And so as often as you can, I would say, try to meet people at least halfway, if not meeting them all the way, because this is a season about God's grace. God came as a baby to extend grace to us. And the true spirit of the season is to extend that grace to those around us. And so if it brings your mother-in-law extreme joy to have your kids at a certain Christmas party every year where she can show them off to all of her friends, and you can make that happen, I would say consider doing that. Because it is such a gift for her. She raised a man that you love. And um, even if you have some rubs with her, you can appreciate how she is has set a legacy in your family a little bit. And so I would say for those people that might be hard for you to, um, to meet halfway over the Christmas season, to do your best to be the grown-up and to extend some grace. And I don't want to pick on the mother-in-law because often that 
<laughs> that is a role that mm-hmm. uh, can be stereotypically yeah. difficult. Yeah. And for a lot of us, it's not at all. But I do hear from a lot of women that yeah. that it is over the holidays, but it can also be our own mother. It can yep. be our sister. It can mm-hmm. be our sister-in-law. Um, that again, because we're the, the Christmas orchestrators, it, it often is woman to woman where the, the right. rub happens yes. mm-hmm. because we're holding the holidays so tightly and our expectations so tightly. So I would say walk into, into situations where you're asking yourself, how can I give this person a gift knowing what their expectations are and yet maintaining some healthy boundaries for my family, knowing that my kids are going to do best if they have a nap. They're going to do best if they have dinner at five o'clock. So given those parameters, how do I set us all up for success for this to go down well? And I think if you present it to the other person that way, like, hey, I just really want this to go well because I want it to be a great memory for you and for my kids. And this, these are some things I know that will help that like, you know, us being home by seven o'clock mm-hmm. will really help that. So how can we make, make it go well, given those parameters? And nobody really wants to argue with you and say, no, actually, I want your kid to have a total meltdown. I mean, if you, if you're setting it up, like this is just going to go better this way. I think people tend to receive that well. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's very lovely what you said, because I just feel like it is really easy to think like, this is my Christmas, I'm doing it all and planning it. And and you can very easily get into that mindset. And so I do like, um, you you, you know, how you were saying to, you know, show some grace and, and stuff like that. So that, that is, that is really great. Um, so lastly, is the logistics. So Uh, What is your thoughts on entertaining and hosting and not feeling like a nut job? I mean, because really, I just feel like this really kind of just makes all the moms a little bit crazy. Yeah. Well, I think there's two kinds of hosting. There's hosting overnight people (laughs) because they are coming to stay to be with you for Christmas and they're going to be there on Christmas Day. And then there's having friends over, having a party or maybe having family over, but that it's a a contained amount of time. Uh, So there's kind of two different camps there. And I would say put those, I would consider big rocks. You mentioned the big rock um, scheduling premise. I would consider those one of the main things. If you're either going to have a party or even a dinner party, or you're going to have people staying with you. So put that on your schedule and schedule other things around that, knowing that you're going to have people over is that really the best time to be doing last minute Christmas shopping? Is it the best time to be um, going to do Santa pictures? Maybe, maybe because that will give you all something to do and a reason to get out of the house, but maybe it will just be too stressful for you. And so do Santa pictures before everyone arrives. Um, And as far as parties go, I would say, remember that everybody knows that throwing a party is a lot of work and they are happy to bring something to contribute. So, um, if it's food, if it's even linens, if it's music, people want to contribute to enjoy a party and to make it happen because they're not hosting. They're just grateful that you're hosting. So, uh, don't be afraid to ask people for help. And if that feels like you don't like that wording, <laughs> asking people for yeah, help. I get that. Just, right. <laughs> just say, instead, think of it as you're inviting people to, to be part of the party with you, part of the party making. It's an invitation to be uh, 
just part of the Christmas cheer in your house. So I would say really be mindful of the schedule of things before and after you're entertaining and then ask people for help. And if people are staying with you, um, again, it can, after a while, even if they are people that you love dearly, it's just, you're out of your pattern and you're out of your routine. Um, give yourself some breaks and give your kids some breaks. And so you can easily say, you know, I think I just need to go for a walk and leave the house for half an hour. If there are other adults in the house, they can watch your children. And they probably would like one-on-one time with your kids anyway. Or invite them to to take your kids out and say, you know, I, I need to get some cleaning done. Would you like to take the kids to the park? And give them that option to get out of the house without you. Because it can just be wearing after a while. Um, so I would say invite people into the process a little bit and recognize that you have limits and that other people have limits. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, especially letting them have permission to take your kids somewhere. Because I I think sometimes, depending on the relationship, um, they may feel kind of like, well, I don't want to just ask that. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's just nice to get out and just kind of have some separate time. And I think that could really help just make things a lot more calm. And like you said, you know, everything's out of whack, you know, you're not in your normal habits and doing your normal day-to-day stuff. And, um, you're eating tons of food and foods that you're probably, you know, used to eating all the time. And so you, it it just, it's a lot. And so I do think that could really help out. Um, Alex, we're almost at the end of the show. And I, like I said, at the beginning, I know it's easy for us moms to lose that wonder and because we're the ones doing it all and behind the scenes. So what would you say you have learned for yourself in regards to, you know, creating habits or traditions um, mm-hmm. that you, that you do to make it more enjoyable and less stressful around Christmas? Well, what I outlined in the book was I did this experiment where I, considered the themes of Advent. So Advent is the season in the church calendar that leads up to Christmas. And it's really meant to be a time of preparation for us, a time to prepare our hearts. So I looked at the themes that the church has really celebrated for centuries of hope, love, joy, and peace, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And I thought, what if I just tried to have more hope this week? What would that look like? What if I loved people this week? That was my focus. And whatever didn't get done on the to-do list didn't get done because I'm trying to prioritize and be intentional about what's most important. And really what I found is my mindset shifted and I kept going back to the Christmas story, to the reason that we do all of this crazy making in the first place. I mean, the truth is all of this extras that we've been talking about really are extras, Because this holiday is meant to be a remembrance that God came as a baby, that Jesus arrived on earth through a mother. And I believe that we as moms have a real unique and special insight into the Christmas story. And in Luke chapter two, there's a little verse tucked in there that I feel like God put in there just for moms, especially moms who have had kids recently. And it's describing Mary, and it says, um, Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. So right here in the middle of the manger scene, 
there is all of this hubbub going around. The shepherds had just come to visit and they left and they're running through the streets telling everybody that Jesus has been born. And here is a mom who was likely a young woman, first time mom, holding her newborn and pondering it all in her heart. And I think that word ponder means she was asking questions that I've asked when I've held my newborns, like, how did I get to this place? God, how did you entrust me with this life to raise? How did I just participate in this amazing miracle of new life coming? How am I so fortunate that I get to love this child? And how do I have this kind of love that I've never experienced before? So those kinds of questions, but she had a whole unique set of circumstances and questions about, God, how is this going to play out? How are you going to make yourself known through this child? And likely she was nervous and scared. But I think part of it is she was trying to remember to capture it all in her mind and her heart because she didn't want to forget that moment. And four times I have been handed a newborn baby and I've had that sensation of, I want to capture this in my heart forever. I don't ever want to forget this moment where God has entrusted us with this child. And if we as moms feel close to that moment, I think we feel really close to the Christmas story. And we are meant to ponder it every year, to take a few minutes every day and say, God, what does this mean, this miracle mean for my life today in 2017, in the middle of my actual circumstances where I have laundry to do and dishes to do, maybe work to do? How do I live into this miracle of a story? And so I really encourage moms just to take 10 minutes every day where you don't have any other distractions, which might mean it's going to be late at night or early in the morning or during nap time, where you sit by the Christmas tree, maybe you open your Bible, maybe you put on a Christmas carol, and you consider the miracle that God came, that He came for all of humanity, and that you are included in that humanity that He came for. He came for you to show the world that He loved it and loved us so much that He chose to step onto earth the way that all of us have to love us in a way that no one else could. And I think if we just concentrate 10 minutes a day on that miracle, we'll be entering the season and stepping into the 25th on Christmas morning with a recalibrated heart. And I think that's why we celebrate Christmas every year is to recalibrate our hearts. Yeah, that's beautiful. I appreciate that. Um, Alex, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? So um, my website is my name. Again, it's spelled kind of funny. So alexandrakirkendall.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all those places under that name. And uh, loving my actual Christmas, you can go to my website to find where you get it. But really, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, kind of all the regular spots. Sure. And if people um, don't have a chance to look at the show notes, can you just spell your last name for us? Oh, sure. It is K-U-Y. K-E-N-D-A-L-L. -L. Yeah. And pronounce that again. 
It's pronounced Kirkendall as if yes. there's an R, yeah. but there is no R. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know when I, I, you know, I saw your name before we did the interview and I never would have guessed that's how you pronounce it. So I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know that this will help so many moms think about Christmas differently. And I, I hope that it just makes it feel a little bit more special than stressed out. Yes, I do too, because God didn't come so that we would be stressed out women. He came so that we would absorb how much he loves us. Exactly. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Hey, you guys, all the talk about skiing, Barcelona, Washington, D.C., it makes you wonder, hey, what is my vacation personality? Have you ever wondered that? So we created a vacation personality quiz. It's free and it's quick and it's going to help you figure out what you like to do and also it will give you a customized plan to tell you where the good places to go for your vacation personality and kind of what your spending style is uh, for your vacation. So all you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash vacation personality quiz and make sure you click all the way through and you will get a PDF sent to your email with your customized plan. See you next week. 